Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss this idea of translation versus transformation. Uh, We used a Ken Wilber uh, daily reflection and basically it lays out this idea of religion's purpose is uh, to sort of make sense of the world, to translate the world, and then the next step should be this idea of transformation. Um, And sometimes that uh, can be watered down or lost in um, the bigger picture of religion and the dogma of religion. So we, uh, Ken Wilber comes from the uh, Buddhist perspective and uh, David and I kind of discuss the Christian perspective and, and um, how it applies to modern modern day. So before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, as always, thank you Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Thank you Jacob Nedia. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Desert Rain community or reading uh, more of David's uh, prayers and writings, The Ruined It's a place to go for that. Uh, DRCRpod.com is a place to hear other episodes of this podcast or wherever you came across this episode. They should all be posted in that podcatcher. And lastly, uh, if you'd like to purchase uh, David's latest book of haiku um, connected to desert spirituality, it's called Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. Uh, Dreamwalkerway.com is the place to go for that. And please tell a friend if you like what you're hearing, um, social media and word of mouth really helps us. We appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. David Morrison. Hola. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I guess it's good afternoon. Yeah, it was too cold this morning. Well, it was funny because I came in here and actually wasn't that cold in here. Huh. It holds it holds the heat rather. I I guess we've only had a couple nights. Anyways, um, cold for us is what sixty. Right. Yeah. Exactly. By the way. <laughs> it gets down. I think it got down to like forty eight last night or something. In the Fahrenheit. Um. Yeah. Forty. Forty in Celsius is like hundred degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I remember explaining that when I was in uh, in France. I was talking about the wet, the summer weather here and in Phoenix. And they were like, 40 Celsius. Holy <laughs> cow. Are you guys dead? It's like, no, it's just summertime. <laughs> um, so today we are taking a, well, and I guess I, I, I'll ask you that. So where did this passage that we're going to kind of be talking about, where did that originally come from? Did you say it was from a book? Yeah, I saw it paraphrased first before uh-huh. I read the original. So Barbara Brown Taylor, who we did a podcast on couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh in her book learning to walk in the dark she paraphrases ken wilbur right in his book one taste which is one taste yeah one taste so uh we took a a passage from from that uh ken wilbur writing and um basically he lays out this idea of translation versus transformation um in the um, within the context of uh, spirituality or religion, he kind of uses the words inter- interchangeably. Um, and he doesn't speak about one denomination, so to speak, specifically. Yeah. I think he's a well-known Buddhist. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a Christian mystic. Right. He's not a, 
Christian thinker. So a lot of times um, to get a perspective on your own worldview, you need to get it from those outside of your worldview. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so he's he's more of a Buddhist practitioner, yeah. secular philosopher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets co-opted by the New Agers quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. um, ba- basically, I guess to set it up, um, or th- that kind of sets it up, but from the the passage, maybe you could give what your your interpretation of translation versus transformation is, and we can kind of build build off of that. Yeah. So basically, the function of religion, and it doesn't matter what religion it is. It's just you know whether it's Christian religion, mm-hmm. uh, you know any of the world religions. It, it, his idea is that it has two functions. The first is he calls it translation, which is to help you uh, make sense of the world. You know, we're born into a violent uh, world of despair. Um, and you, you need it to be able to be, you need it translated for you mm-hmm. in some way or another. Just drop my phone. Sorry about that. It's throwing stuff uh, at me. <laughs> <laughs> and to create some sort of worldview of hope, you know, and, uh, to make sense of your situation, to uh, help you cope with the very, the universal confusing thing it is to wake up and be a human being every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need translation. You need explanation of some sort. Um, and he, he, a couple of the examples he gives are like myths and um, rituals. Yeah. So in Christianity, you have the story of Jesus, you know, the, uh, who takes on uh, the 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 blame, the punishment for sin for everyone? Mm-hmm. Uh, takes on the human condition completely, so as to transform it in resurrection. So he dies on the cross and he resurrects. So that's that's Christianity's primary translation of of the world. Um, and then the second, yeah, function would be uh, transformation which looks like the opposite of translation because uh, it requires you to dismantle the self, dismantle your worldview, dismantle uh, your easy answers, your final answers that you think you have mm-hmm. and to, uh, to see it dismantled, which in Christianity would call it the, the uh, uh, crucifixion of your soul, of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I guess sort of the visual uh, visualization he gives um in the passages this translation sort of moves you it would move you like left to right as far as like you might get a new translation and it'll move you it'll change how you take in the world sort of your opinions about the world um but it doesn't really change anything on the grand scheme of your sort of your day-to-day you're just you're just looking at it from a different perspective yeah you know what i mean the the thing that came to mind for me the two things that came to mind is you know the age-old story of the diehard republican who becomes a democrat in their 40s but they're you know what i mean but it it really doesn't change and they they just change teams at the end of the and vice versa right it goes it it happens the other way as well um or in the sort of religious you know the christian who oh i you know i found buddhism and and now you know and now they're a fundamentalist Buddhist, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, 
there's no real change that happens. You just right. you put on a different uh, uniform, a different team's colors, yeah. things of that nature. The whereas, flower, the flower was changed, but not the roots. Mm-hmm. So where, to speak. whereas the transformation is sort of like this up or down, depending. He says, depending on the metaphor, right? You evolve up, or you can delve into the depths of spirituality yeah. and things of that nature, and it it um, shatters your worldview, right? It just right. completely changes the perspective you have in the sense of like. You you wake up and you 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 know you see the Republican and Democrat example or the Christian Buddhist, they're saying the same thing, they're just living in a different, they're just using different terminology, yeah. and um, it's not really going anywhere necessarily, yeah. so to speak. And yeah, you're still the jerk that doesn't put the card away at Walmart. Yeah. It hasn't changed at that small level, you know, at that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 um, and, and I think one of the th- things that, uh, another thing that was important about as we're sort of laying out this idea, but that sometimes that transformation, uh, well, actually let me back it up just since, cause he talks about religion being an important part of, the societal glue that keeps society functioning and removing that glue, whether it's societally or as an individual can result into a breakdown. Yeah. That can actually be a a negative thing. Yeah. Instead of having, like you just said, a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, so all that, all sort of laying that out, I guess, um, for me, I think the interesting point is, for us to translate, hey um, but sort of lay out um, this idea of translation from uh, your perspective as a, you know, a lifelong Christian and a, and a um, being involved in ministry in, in many different ways, but how you have seen translation in the church um, for the good, the good and the bad of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, probably early on, you know, it was, it was helpful, you know, to have a, a, a story, a narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and this is this is the narrative, you know, uh, uh, basically mankind, humankind is fallen in nature because of Adam and Eve, mm. um, so we have this sin nature, uh, we need redemption, and so uh, the the God of the cosmos, the Creator chooses Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and mm-hmm. then creates out of them uh, the Jewish tribe, which becomes a, a kingdom uh, and, and a nation, right? and then becomes you know the, the house of God, so to speak. And then out of that comes, uh, th- through many, many centuries, Jesus of Nazareth is born, you know, God incarnate, dies on the cross, uh, to redeem uh, that fallen nature and, mm-hmm. and uh, rises again in a new creation to invite the cosmos into that. So that's that's the overarching narrative of Christianity. Um, and so, yeah, so as a younger person, that was very important to latch onto that so that I could do the spiritual work uh, required uh, that would uh, expose, 
you know, that, that would lead me to at least toward transformation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could ever say I'm transformed, you know. I don't think you can. Uh, yeah. That's as long as we're in the human. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as you start clinging on to this idea of I'm a spiritual yeah. trans, it's like, okay, the ego has taken back, yeah. has co-opted it again. And, and now yeah. translation will occur. Because you can experience a transformation and you can experience uh, the love of God and have an experience mm-hmm. with the divine, right? And then the old trans, the the old experience of it becomes the uh, uh, the stumbling block. It becomes mm-hmm. stuck in translation again. And so, uh, a good example of that would be in the in the Jewish story in the Jewish scriptures. Uh, there's this story of of Moses and the Israelites in the desert. Uh, they rebel against Yahweh and mm. get punished with these snakes. These, these uh, poisonous snakes begin to kill them. Moses erects a uh, a bronze serpent on a pole. And if they just look to the serpent, they would be healed mm. kind of thing. And then you find later in the in the kingdom period, uh, probably I think in Chronicles, you know, around there, mm-hmm. uh, in the many reforms and, and corporate repentance that Israel went through, they had to cleanse the temple of idols that they had collected and started worshiping. Right. And that bronze serpent was one of them. Still they there. started worshiping the bronze <laughs> serpent itself. Right. Even though it did heal right. at yeah, one yeah. point. So that's kind of the idea behind it. And so so we do the same thing. And so so uh, in, my, in my experience, the more, and including myself, the more anti-religion, established religion, organized religion I am, uh, the more I'm becoming it. Right. And so that's yeah. that's kind of... The, the contradiction of it all that, well, we're, that we live in. And, and maybe, you know, and, and he kind of saved it for the end of his passage, but one of the, one of the profound things I thought from reading this was how important translation actually is Yeah, to get us to that. It's like the vehicle. And I know I've shared this on the podcast, but, I've heard multi, you know, that like if I go to visit my grandmother, I'm going to take a car from where I'm at now and drive to her, to her house. Then I'm going to get out of the car and walk into the house and see her. I don't drive my car all the way into her living room (laughs) and be like, Hey grandma, I'm here to, I'm here to see you. You know what I mean? And, and as reading this, this, uh, Ken Wilber passage, it, it reminded me of that of like, oh yeah, translation is what gets me to the house. Yeah, it's the vehicle. And then I get to engage with the transformation. And yeah. not even that it's um sometimes the transformation comes without us. Cause that's kind of what they talk about. It's, it breaks down too, is like just chasing enlightenment keeps you from catching enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, so yeah, so this important the important part, um, of translation. Um, so, so I guess, yeah, I guess, so to go back to, you know, you talking about it being useful for you in, in your, in your young days, what, what were some of the things specific, or maybe just one thing specifically that looking back now is very obviously translation or something that was being used as translation that was informative for you to get to that next, that closer step of transformation. Well, probably 
for example, the ritual of the Eucharist, mm. being being able to see, okay, it's beyond the ritual itself. Okay. It's the real presence of Christ in all the world. And so I had to see it in the particular sacrament, and it was only in the Roman Rite in the Catholic Church. Mm. So I started there, and then it became oh, expansion, an expanded view uh, to see, oh, okay, I see, this is... Uh, it's not just symbolic. It's much more than symbolic, you know, and and so, um, so yeah. So eventually, a wider uh, view of of what the Eucharist is. So that was well, and and then and then a seeking after how can a, my life be aligned to that. And, and, but it started off as symbolic, right? Absolutely, yeah, right. yeah. I was a second grader. Mm-hmm. You know, they took a Polaroid picture of me in my white right. robe, yep, and yep. sun coming up behind me, and. Off my blonde, blue eyes and blonde hair and blue eyes and yeah, so yeah, it started in that yeah. system, um, you know, and it's the same with uh, you know you were talking about Republican and Democrat, uh, you know, so so then I was in the charismatic evangelical world, um, which has aligned itself politically mm-hmm. more so than ever. You can't even tell the difference now, you know, uh, from their religious beliefs and their political beliefs. Right. And, um, and so, so yeah, so the tendency now would be to, for me to straddle the line between being critical of that, which I should be, uh, and, and rejecting my past experience in it, which I should not do. Right. And so it's that kind of a thing. So, uh, because, you know, wherever I'm, wherever I'm at now is the steps I took are the steps I took in the past the things in the past got me to where I'm at, mm-hmm. at right now. Not that I'm in some lofty, amazing place. I'm just here and now, yeah. you know? And so. Well, and also uh, being, at least for me, being re- realizing that where I'm at today, 10 years from now, there'll be a handful of things that I won't agree with and will be critical with. Right. But I have to be in it today. Right. Like yeah. knowing my stance today is wrong. Yeah. Not everything, right? Like, not. I'm not saying that I'm living wrongly, right. but just the same way that I can look back ten years from now, or look at where I was ten years ago, where I was at twenty years, and be like, well, you know, why was I doing that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I had to engage in those things at that point in time to get to where I'm sitting at yeah. today, right? And so it, it's it's necessary. Those things are necessary. Yeah, exactly. Um. One of the things, oh, did I just lose it? No. One of the things, oh, I know, I know, I know. This this idea too within this, so so not quite getting to transformation yet, but this idea of translation, right? So you and I are trying to discuss it in a Christian context, right? Because yeah, that's, that's what right. we know. The passage we read, he was talking about it in uh, sort of a Buddhist Zen yeah. perspective. Yeah. He give, the examples he gave throughout there's a couple of different Zen masters that he, he Yeah, talks and he about. uses, you know, Buddhist uh, vocabulary as well. And mm-hmm. so if you're not familiar with that, you'd be a little bit lost in that. Yeah. And so this this other thing, one of the things that caught my attention while I was reading it was it was actually something you had said um on Sunday, ironically enough, during the Eucharist. You talked about engaging in self-help stuff for you doesn't work because you need this idea of the of God's seeing you as a beloved 
individual. Yeah. And being part of that beloved. That's me. That Right. Yeah. That's, that's so as I was reading this, I realized that there's, there's people on the other side of that coin, right? Where self-help has helped them. Yeah, exactly. And Christianity is almost in some instance, I'm giving a very, um, uh, what's it called? Dramatic, but some people that have been harmed by the church. Yeah, many. Um, their entrance point through to the Eucharist would almost be impossible because of the trauma yeah. they've experienced, but they're able to engage the same similar translation in self-help that can take them to this point of transformation. Yeah. And so I, I guess that's... Um, that's something that kind of popped out to me leading up to us having this conversation is how many different roads to transformation there can be, you know, and, yeah. and how important each one of those entry points is. Um, Cause it points to that same Northern star. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> As um, whether it was the Barbara Brown Taylor passage that you you originally read or, or visiting this um, more drawn out. And that's I guess that's the other thing I'll throw in here. If you're interested in getting the uh, uh, the Ken Wilbur passage, you can uh, email us and I can forward that to you. Um, DesertRainPoem at gmail.com. Um if you want to read it and sort of follow along in this bigger conversation, but uh, what, what, whether it was the sort of um, the Barbara Brown Taylor version or the Ken Wilber version, what really caught your attention with this um, sort of comparing these two, comparing and contrasting these two, two dichotomies of transformation and translation? Oh, definitely the, the paradox of it, or even just, it looks like a contradiction within mm -hmm. the same message, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so here's Jesus saying, blessed are the poor. So it's positive, right? It puts a positive onto a negative. So it props you up. It's a translation. Mm -hmm. And then he says, uh, unless you pick up your cross and deny your life, uh, you, you'll never have eternal life with me. You can't follow me, you know? So then it's like, wait, what? <laughs> And so I've had these conversations with many people where it just, where it almost feels like you're talking complete opposites and, and the one makes no sense. So the, so the message of transformation, which is the dismantling of your ego, uh, the Greek uh, Christian scriptures would call it the, the sin nature, um, you know, uh, you want, or the ancient world would call it the psyche, I guess. Mm. Everything that's made you, you, mm -hmm. uh, the external things, your external self, uh, the things your you can, separate self. You can point to that are somewhat tangible yeah. that quote unquote make me who I am. Exactly. what I believe I am. Your, yeah, your manufactured self. Mm -hmm. And so that needs to be dismantled. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, or I think Carl Jung said you spend the first half of your life uh, building up an identity of who you are. Mm. And then you spend the second half uh, losing that identity, surrendering that identity. So the message of transformation is now you've gained all this. 
Uh, you've gained a worldview. You've gained a, a way to make sense of the world. You've gained a way of living in this world. Yeah, just navigating the world. And now you need to surrender it. And, and so that's, and so Taylor's uh, uh, observation was that, you know, th that doesn't sell books. You know, mm. the cloud of unknowing wouldn't sell uh, very many books in that sense because it's, nobody signs up to be dismantled. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the Buddhists would take it, some Buddhists would take it a step further and say, there is no self to dismantle. And right. so there, there's that, but that's another topic for another. Well, I don't, day. I don't know. I don't know if it is because that is actually part of the, the point he makes in the, uh, the transformation of needing to seek spirit, right? Even though you and me right. are already embodiments of of spirit and so i guess that would be that, that that's one question that came to mind to me and i guess i would be i would be interested in your perspective is so we do do these practices right the these and and i guess as far as the podcast is concerned a good example is the pathways to present series yeah. we've been doing right so we these different practices you know the uh, the one that just came out most recently when this podcast comes out will be the one about worship you know, we did, we've done them about fasting, meditation, yeah. so on and so forth, confession. So I guess from your perspective of, of living within this uh, uh, context of Christianity, these practices that we do, whether it's the Eucharist or centering prayer, um, we're obviously doing it to chase something, right? Right. Like very few have transformed to where they're like, Oh yeah, that's just part of my life. Yeah. Um, so for you, what, how do you navigate that personally or even just giving people suggestions around those things of like, yeah, you just do it anyways. Yeah. Even though some people are still chasing that idea of transformation. Yeah. I, I think it would come down to really what Richard Rohr says, who's, Apparently he's very sick right now. So oh, is prayers he? for him. Yeah. yeah prayers for like for Mr. Roar. He's Father uh, Roar. Yeah, he's got uh cancer, it's mm. spreading and he's almost eighty now. Wow. Um so anyway, uh yeah, so Richard Roar asked this question. I heard it in two thousand seven and it changed my life and it was uh uh the real question is that answers everything is what are you doing with your pain? Mm. What are you doing with your pain? And so that's because that's really where transformation for most of us, that's where it occurs. Or again, as Richard Rohr would say, it's either great love or great suffering that induces a transformation okay. in your life. Um, and so, so where, where is your heart being expanded in love? Where is it being broken? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's where your transformation lies. And so, uh, and the rest is all just the work that you just do mm -hmm. for the sake of doing. Um, and so, because you don't want to become a, a you know, I want to be a better Christian. Okay, well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at what point, you know, I want to know God. Oh, really? Okay. Or even the idea, even a step below that, oh, I want to be a better person. Yeah. Like, okay, well. Yeah, these are that, difficult. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, there's never a straight path to that. And I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with. They want the three steps, the four steps. And that's what, what Wilbur was saying. These these Buddhist masters went ahead and put in smaller translations right. 
so that people can grapple onto them. So I guess you, that's what you'd have to do, you know. I want to know God. Okay, well, then go into silence. Go try centering prayer for 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, this is how you do it. So so these are smaller steps in the translation. Uh, and so, you know, because once transformation happens, you surrender that too. So then it's just a continual continuation of surrendering your experience as well. Well, and I think it, it goes, um, I wish I could remember. You and I talked about it in a, on an episode, but it's just this idea of a continual evolution, right? Like yeah, you will have these breakthroughs um, that transform you and, and you know, shatter, yeah. shatters the way you look, like truly shatters the way you look at yeah. life, right? Um, but then if you get, like you said early, you know, earlier in this podcast, that can become a stumbling block, yeah. right? And so just this continuous... Um, sort of going up the the spiral staircase yeah. if you will and you're going to fall off you know you're going to get 10 floors up and fall down a couple um and just trying to grapple through that yeah uh i mean paul the apostle tough. writes about it in philippians and he says one thing i do is i forget the past mm. and i move forward and upward to that upward calling uh not that i've attained it he makes that clear okay uh, but i keep going and so uh, that's kind of the the way the way it goes. You know, or as Richard Rohr said, you fall upward, mm, right? Uh, yep, yep. You fail forward. Uh, that's kind of the the pattern it seems. Well, so. And one thing for anyone listening, I think would be important to talk about is this, like this idea of failing failing forward or continuing doesn't necessarily mean like oh in a typical societal view, you're failing forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it, it actually, Oh look, this person's actually successful sort yeah. of thing. Right. It's, it's this, this, I don't want to say quite the opposite because it's not necessarily completely the opposite either. Cause it can take so many different forms, but, um, there's just a mystery of what, what it looks like. Right. Yeah. So something, you and I might see someone and interpret that as failure, but actually that they're on, they are actually on their, whatever that transitional or translation of what they're going through right, is actually right. getting them closer to transformation. Yeah. But because that's not your and I's path, um, it can look very different. Yeah. Um, one of the things, before we get completely past it, you, you talked to, about that Richard Rohr quote as far as expanding in love or, or having your heart broken. And I'd be interested in, so one of the things that uh, the passage keeps coming back to is this breakthrough versus breakdown. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you and I have actually talked about this quite a bunch of uh, about needing, not needing, but a lot of times our breakthroughs come from these big tragedies. Yeah, right. most of the time, yeah. Whether it's heartbreak or failure or, um, you know, trying to overcome some kind of addiction, uh, you know, a marriage ending, a, a partner passing away. There's so yeah. many different examples. But what I would be interested, what was your, what kind of sort of came to mind for you is through this, because he kept coming to this idea of breakthrough and breakdown, um, but sort of relating that to your personal experience with, 
sometimes those those heartbreaking things that feel like you're going through a breakdown actually it's it's they complement each other as far as breakthrough and breakdown yeah cuz you you know you go through the 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 desert of uncertainty for a period of time when you've had a tragedy uh you don't know which way's up or down you just you're just falling into an abyss of what seems like despair um and then you wake up one day and there's hope where there shouldn't have been hope um so then the grace of god just breaks through somehow um you know so in that sense you know there's a a breakthrough <clears throat> excuse me or you you have a greater empathy that you, you know and you don't have to be aware of that empathy most of the time it's better that you don't uh but you might i think i've used this example uh you know let's say you lost a child and you've you've gone through uh, a series of breakdowns and then there's a breakthrough might be a breakthrough might look like you see other children in, in the, in public, you know, strangers and you have an empathy for them. That's your, mm-hmm. the same love for your own child. And so there's, there's been an expansion of the heart that has taken place. Um, and there's, there's somewhat of a healing in there too for that. And so, because then you've stepped out of why did it happen to me? Uh, why, you know, why did God choose me for suffering? You know, right. why was I punished by and that, God? That does that. Yeah. And that breaks fails on both sides. So it's either God has chosen me for suffering. I'm a special, you know, I'm a special, I'm a special agent <laughs> yeah. or why does God choose me? You know, you know, what did I do wrong? Mm. That kind of thing. And so that doesn't work on either way, uh, in way of transformation. And, you know, and, and there's too much breakdown, I, you know, uh, because that, you know, if it was true, uh, I don't know, when was the, the, the big book? Uh, oh, um, not the red book. That's Carl Jung, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about that, but the blue uh, book, the, the big book. Yeah. So that was written in the thirties. So if it was true in the thirties that where they said most people are living unmanageable lives, uh, well, they don't say most people. They, it's specific to alcoholics. Okay, so we were living unmanageable lives. But most people are living unmanageable lives mm-hmm. uh, on different, not just with addiction, but with all kinds of addiction mm-hmm. and all kinds of... So so they're, yeah, so they need a translation of some sort, which would be a uh, a flotation device of some sort, of driftwood, something mm-hmm. to cling to so that... Uh, you could get a breakthrough in your, in your breakdown. Well, and I think, um, one, of you know, going back to who you mentioned earlier, as far as Richard Rohr, I think he has a good, um, translation, if you will, of the 12 steps to someone living in just an ordinary everyday life. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I'm glad that actually just reminded me one, one of the uh, downfalls that, Ken Wilbur talks about with translation, um, you know, because he, he does a good job of of giving both sides of the good and the bad of the yeah. this idea of translation. But um, basically, religion being able to sort of numb you yeah. to just sort of it it helps you just sort of navigate the day to day, you know, and kind of um, 
I don't think he used the word Medicaid, but sort of medicates you and numbs you to, to certain things. So you can, you can make it through the day to day. Yeah. You know? And, and so, um, the thing that came to mind, you know, because definitely in the West, definitely in the United States, we're becoming more and more secular, right? Yeah. And so I was thinking, like, what are the things now that numb us out and medicate us, right? And so opiates over yeah. the last 10 to 20 years have become rampant. Um, our engagement with our uh, our devices, so yeah. whether it's on social media or just finding ways to numb out, right? Right. Um, Doom scroll. Doom scrolling. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, we have a, we have a, uh, you know, and, and, and everything else, right? You could, there's a alcohol, marijuana, you know, you could just go down the, the list sex, right? Sex has been one of those things timelessly. Um, and so it's very interesting. It's very interesting in the sense that he was talking about it in the sense of religion specifically. Um, but there's many other things you can point to, right? And so I, I guess I, I'm really interested in your perspective of, so yes, we can point at religion numbing people out to get through the day-to-day, right? Right. But I, I would be interested in, in, from your perspective, the positives of using I guess Christianity specifically, right? Because that's what we talk about as those steps towards transformation and sort of the positive side, right? And and how you see that move, you know, so taking a snapshot of October, 2022, right? And so how can this idea of Christianity, this idea of religion sort of help us move forward in for people that are interested in a transformative experience. Yeah. I, I know that's a big question, a but yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm just interested in, in because you, you've talked so much about the other side of it, right. Yeah. And sort of the pitfalls of it. Right. And rightfully so. Right. There's, there's plenty of ex- examples yeah. of that. I, yeah. I mean, I know that, for example, in the in the Dark Night of the Soul, John of the Cross. Uh, so he goes through this this uh, through the cloud of unknowing to talk about another medieval mystic book. Um, right. But it, so that's that's the the same thing, you know. So he moves through the cloud of 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 unknowing, the, the Dark Night of the Soul, which again is not depression, it's not mm-hmm. sadness, it's. It's the it's the not knowing which there's no up or down anymore left or right, um, there's no silence of God and there's no voice of God. There's it's, it's all just a void. yeah, and so so you come through that or while you're going through that, on the outward uh, he would maintain and so would Teresa of Avila that you continue to just go to mass, you continue to do the same external devotions, um, that kind of thing, and so. Uh, and then when you come through it uh, on the external, you continue to do those same things. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, it's just that you, you've become inwardly transformed. Uh, the external doesn't matter. So otherwise, because what we see today a lot, it's very popular, is people want to bypass the translation 
And, and then, so they end up LARPing as these transformed people. And so they, they, you know, will get a cushion, a meditation cushion or sell, whatever. Sell and, a bunch of books. Yeah. And how to think, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, uh, and, but they, but you could tell, right. You could tell that there's no authentic yeah. change there, uh, because they won't put their damn carts away at Walmart. <laughs> they don't even do that. Uh, and so, you know, it's in the small things. They don't, they haven't expanded their compassion at all. Um, and so, unless it's to show someone else, you know, unless it's, uh, which is, you know. Well, and it just, it, it, uh, it goes back to what you and I talked about or have talked about is this uh, consumer-based church. Yeah. Right. There's, there's also a consumer-based I'm going to use the word transformation, but yeah. it's it's not a it's not a uh, deep transformation like we're trying to talk about today. Right. right. It's 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 a like surface level. It's actually translation, right? It's just moving moving you from side to side yeah. to see something, you know, see a painting from the the right hand side of the painting instead right. of just the left hand side of the painting. Um, and the. Uh, one of my favorite lines out of this uh, passage was he was talking about, I think he uses the word um, writings, but it's not just writings. It's It includes practices too, right? But this idea of these things are tr- that are truly uh, revolutionary, i.e. the gospels, right? But then... And his example is very sp- specific to the United States. And he says you have these these roaring revolutionary type passages or practices, but they get uh, not dumbed down, but just sort of uh, made palatable to the average yeah, person. Yeah. And he, he, made safe. <laughs> he compares it to the the bubbling sound of a hot tub. Oh, yeah. California <laughs> hot tub. Yeah. And so I guess I'm interested for you because there is so going back to this idea that translation is a necessary part in transformation. But so we start out at this is this uh, bubbling sound, right, uh, of a safe, uh, whether it's religion or spirituality. And but but on the other side, there's this revolutionary thing at hand yeah right this completely and utterly life-changing um thing at hand and and, um in your own experience looking at that that initial bubbling right and the necessity of that but examples of where that that starting point got you to the revolutionary um, side of Christianity. Yeah. The gospel, you know, get became a, a deeper part for your life and relationship to the gospel. Yeah. It would probably be the, probably the charismatic experience. Cause that's, mm. that's what it's all about there. That's why they're so anti-religion in those circles. Uh, but then that ends up becoming a detriment. Right. But it, yeah, it's it's you want to be changed. You want mm-hmm. to be, uh, ra- you know, uh, radical for Jesus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that charismatic movement was birthed in uh, 
what was called the Jesus People Movement, which was okay. a bunch of young people. Uh, they're all corporate baby boomers now, but in the <laughs> uh, early 70s, throughout the 70s, uh, you know, they were unmoored. Mm. Uh, they were uh, breaking down, so to speak. You know, they had hoped to create this youth utopia with the hippie movement, and it quickly devolved into a nightmare of drugs and and uh, destruction, right? right. And uh, and so uh, millions of them uh, found Jesus, <laughs> and, the, and, it, and it became a movement, the Jesus right. People movement. It's now become an empty political movement, mm. uh, in my opinion. And um, but the emphasis it started with was transformation, was Interesting. experiencing this fire, so to speak. So that's and the, and then the earlier Pentecostal movement was the same same thing. You had people like uh, uh, William Seymour in again in California, mm-hmm. Azusa Street, who uh, opened a prayer meeting a- at a house, and the next thing you know, there's thousands of people showing up, and then. Wow. Because he was black and it was a, a interracial meeting, they kicked him out. Basically, oh uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, eventually, yeah. The the when they and so so that's kind of the way. Uh, so that's the roots of Pentecostalism and mm-hmm. the charismatic movement. Anyway, it's this real desire for transformation and and change and that kind of thing. Uh, again, just like anything else, once it gets successful, once it gets established. Then it becomes, uh, you know, the, I think somebody, some cynic said, uh, but it's not necessarily wrong. It's cynical, <laughs> but it's not wrong. But every movement devolves yeah. into a, a, a business. Well, the dogma takes over. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It starts to freeze. And then that business devolves into a racket. And, it, and it's just, you know, and that's kind of what you end up seeing. You just don't expect it in, in religious at least I didn't in, in my naivete, you know, you know, I didn't expect to see it in, in the church, but it's well, it's there. and, and do you, so, and this is a hundred percent your opinion, but do you think that desire for in general, people still have that desire for radical transformation? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think people are hungry for that. Yeah. I tend, I tend to believe agree with that and, and witness it in, in so many different contexts. Yeah. Um, I think that that is why Christianity is so big, right? Yeah. I think that is why the self-help book industry is so yeah, big. Yeah, because there's pain. Yeah, I think know? I think that is why uh, CrossFit or yoga right. uh, community has grown so much in the last, you know, it, it, specifically in the United States. Right. You know, and... Um, because there is that deep desire and deep um, seeking for this idea of transformation. Yeah. And Something beyond myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's it's funny too because it's we're also at a precipice where you can be so, quote unquote, self-sufficient. Yeah. You, you can sit in your room, pick up your phone. We've, we've You and I have joked about that, the... DoorDash or the food delivery, you know what I mean? Right. Like you don't, you, there's so many things that at your fingertips where you can just hang out and, and don't really need to engage yeah. necessarily engage with, with the, the, um, the larger society. Yeah. You know, it's kind of been, uh, uh, deemed okay, I guess would be yeah. 
uh, and then you contrast that with say young women in Iran right now. Mm. It's just a completely different yeah. reality that we're yeah, yeah. looking at here, you know. Well, and I mean, you could write like it's so funny because globally we have been sort of flattened out because of technology in the sense that we're more aware of these things today. Right. Right. Um, but in an ex, uh, experiential level, you know, whether it's the, the Iran example you just gave, yeah. uh, you know, people being blown up in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I can't remember, you know, one of the Southern American, you know, we're, we're complaining about inflation, you know, here in the United States, you turn on any, right. any sort of broadcast and, you know, and then there's these countries in South America that, their inflation or is like a hundred percent or two hundred percent in the last six months. Exactly. It's like, it's a very, that's a very different experience than what what we're uh, guarded against. I guess would be a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah, insulated against. Insulated against. So, um, so, uh, and this is a big one, but that the the person that is listening to this or has stumbled across this for for some for whatever reason. Uh, that that they are hungry for this this transformation. They hear this word transformation. They hear this description of transformation, and it 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 piques their interest or that that excitement in your core that you get when you hear first hear an idea that that seems uh, just connects with you for whatever reason. Um, what things within translation would you present to them? To say, here, try these two or three things today um, and just stick with them for a little while and see what happens. Wow, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell people to go to church. Uh, right. But I could say something like, where's the church that's closest to your house? Mm. It's in your neighborhood. And go to that church, whether you like, you know, whether you like the sermon or the music or whether you're, if you're like 30 years old and you're the youngest person that's walked, you'll probably be the most, the youngest person that's walked through those doors in 50 years. Even if you're 40. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to a friend who, a friend who was, uh, re-engaging as an, as a Episcopalian priest. So I went to the first, mass that he did in this uh-huh. old neighborhood in El Paso and and I was you know 50 something and I was the youngest person yeah. there and they treated me like I was a teenager right, you know? yeah, hey yeah. young fella you know and I'm like I get the same AARP as you do <laughs> mother <laughs> what brought you to this neck of the woods young fella <laughs> but just go to a place like that and serve yeah. there and yeah. serve that neighborhood in that sense uh or even just a bigger idea of searching community. Yeah. You yeah. know, that are of like-minded people um, or unlike, they might seem unlike-minded, but, you know, get to know them. Yeah, exactly. How you build out that community. Because in the church world, there's a, at least in the last several decades, it's more of a consumer mentality. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go shop for a church, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So rather than do that, go... Uh, how can I serve my community mm. uh, in that in that sense? So it might be a small Quaker group of, you know, four people that are in their 80s, um, you know, that kind of thing. It might be a, a convent 
of, of nuns. So you mm-hmm. just go and do a prayer meeting with them. Try something like that is what I would say. Uh, these these little Buddhist groups were also very interested in Northeast El Paso. Uh, there's there's a higher Asian population mm-hmm. uh, traditionally in Northeast El Paso. And, um, and so I've seen this pattern over the years. Uh, a Buddhist monk will... You know, from whatever country, Thailand, you know, whatever, from different traditions. Well, uh, it seemed to me, I I don't know this for a fact, but it just seemed that they would uh, intentionally pick uh, a dilapidated neighborhood and a house there and just begin to live there. And then uh, uh, a group surrounds them and they begin to clean up that house and they begin to to just uh, serve that little neighborhood, that street, Mm -hmm. you know. Right, uh, that kind of thing, and so there, there's all kinds of things you could do in that in that regard that would yeah. connect you to translation. Yeah. So, well, and that's I mean I th- I guess after you started talking, that was there's so many different things you can do. Yeah. In, in the world, in in the within this idea of translation. Yeah. Uh, that it it's almost there's no one. One size fits all. Right. Right. Because that's, that kind of gets back to this, this negative side of it of like, you know, it'll just be the same, same thing, you know? And so engaging in ways that are new. Um, yeah. And, you, you don't have to do it yourself is what I'm, you even that's kind of, we accidentally, I, we've probably talked about this, but that was kind of, we stumbled onto this as our as a community here, uh, probably because of our laziness, uh, my laziness specifically. <laughs> but just that you know, when there's a need in the in the area here, uh, we don't have to be the ones to create the answer mm-hmm. and put the structures of the answer. There are other people already doing it, you know, uh, doing some sort of service, whether it's to to uh for the food deserts trying to feed people whether it's asylum seekers or refugees uh that that educating young people uh creating uh recreation for young people you know all that kind of stuff there are people doing that stuff and you and you may not we may not agree with them in their philosophy of whatever or have the same translation right christian worldview that kind of thing or practices but but they're already doing it and so we kind of just uh, join them, you know, and usually it's for a short season, so it doesn't become a a permanent thing, you know, yeah. and and it keeps us keeps us more flexible, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and available, and just jump onto what they're doing. You know, if there's a food bank already going on, then go help them. Come alongside instead of trying to create your own thing. So, yeah, yeah I think that that's a, a wonderful point as far as just looking to um, be a part of something. Yeah. Um, you know, be a be a, a worker bee amongst worker bees and not, yeah. not necessarily have to come and quote unquote solve the problem or be the 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 main superstar. Right. Um and and um I think a lot of or for some people, I guess I'll put it that way, wanting to be the number one hero, right? Right. The, the, uh the one that solves the problem or, you know, gets gets the limelight or whatever right. um, can stop you from joining something because it's, it's not quote unquote perfect. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, life's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? and, and so just come alongside and that for me, I guess that, that groups where I've come alongside and just been a part of have been the most uh, transformational for me personally. Yeah, me too. And sure. just being in the group, uh, what, you know, whether it's the actual work that caused the transformation, maybe it was a friendship or yeah. uh, getting to know some people that I otherwise might never have crossed paths with, um, or just learning how complicated a situation is. I think our time hanging out with the asylum seekers softened my heart to the whole um, immigration topic as a whole. Right. Because it's way more complicated than anyone yeah. is and really They're telling willing. you on the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever they're telling you on the news is about 1.1% 1. 1 of, of a yeah, bigger absolutely. structure that uh, that needs transformation, right? Exactly. But there has to be some translation in there as well. Um, we're coming close on time. I, I'm feeling good. I don't know if there's anything else on your mind or, or heart that... Uh, you'd like to to throw in there yeah i mean it's just like anything else it's an invitation to look at something again uh to get out of dualistic thinking so all religion is evil therefore anybody involved or any involvement that i would have in any kind of organized group is evil mm -hmm. uh to to step out of that as that dualistic thinking and yeah. say no it serves it serves a purpose um and human beings are never all evil or all good or it's just, you know, awaken to what is rather than what you think it should be, you know, mm -hmm. so. That's beautiful, man. Um, and yeah, thank you for everyone listening. We know we uh, kind of know this this uh, topic was a little bit more heady than yeah. some of our previous stuff, but we uh, appreciate you uh, hanging in there with us. I, I, I feel good about it. Yeah, I think so. Um, Lots of lots of stuff. We, I think we just started, uh, just started sort of. For anyone listening, there's way more stuff that you can read on and listen to and, and find out more information about this type of, these types of things because it is, um, it is both. You know, for me, it's been both to, to have any form of transformation has has required me to. Just do some of the the reading, the hanging out, the asking questions of people. Um, and learning sort of their experiences with whether it's a specific religion or you know a spiritual experience they've had um, but it's in the long run it's always always been a good thing so uh, thank you mr david morrison thank you sir uh thank you everyone for listening uh, we appreciate you uh tuning in each week Very much and so. uh, thank you to the uh Jacob Nedia for letting us use the monk drums in the background as we sign off. Uh, Danny West, thank you for your editing and sound engineering. And uh, this will be released sometime in November. So uh, David's book, Desolate Beauty. Desolate Beauty. The Book of Light and Shadow uh, haiku poetry has, has been released. So... Um, if we have our website up by the time this goes out, it'll be in the intro. Otherwise, if you'd like a copy, reach out to desertrainpalm at gmail.com and I can get you set up with that. So uh, have a beautiful day and thank you.